I don't know if you caught all the words to those songs or not, but boy, they just bless me really, really good. He, think of how crazy that sounds. That God, the creator of the universe, hmm, came here. That's just powerful. It's powerful. Wow. Well, as Pastor Nate said, yesterday was a, an awesome day for many of us. Never mind the many people we were able to minister to and bless. Uh, just a great day. We started the day by saying, you know, this what we're doing is is great, but there's going to be some God moments throughout the day and to be looking for those God moments where God just shows up in somebody's life and does a surprise, does a, a wowie, does a aha moment for them. And, you know, the day was almost over and, and I had just been thoroughly blessed and overwhelmed with, you know, how many of you just rallied around and blessed and loved on people. And a lot of people left blessed and cared for. And uh, we we're honored to do that. But my moment, my God moment came at the end of the day. There was the last family seated in our banquet hall. And a few of the staff were starting to eat. And so I had grabbed a plate of turkey and stuffing and was looking for a place to sit and saw this family that I didn't know. And I went over and there's a little girl sitting there on the end. And I looked her in the eye. I said, do you mind if I sit with you? And she looked at me kind of strange for a minute, strange as I am. And then she gave me a nod, like, I guess that'll be okay. And I sat beside her. And we chit-chatted with the family a little bit. And the meal was all over. And uh, I said, thank you guys so much for being here. We're just so honored to have you here with us today. And they got up, and they started to walk out. And then the little girl stopped, clear around the other side of the table. She stopped, and she came back. She reached in her pocket and she took out a little mint that we had given her sometime during the day and she slid it across the table to me and she said, Merry Christmas. This old man's heart melted. God cares about us, doesn't he? Maybe I needed, maybe it was just simply a gesture of kindness. My breath was bad, I don't know. But it, it touched my heart. It touched my heart. It was just an awesome, awesome thing. And, um, you, know, there, you know, all of us pitched in, and we made this work. We really did. And uh, I'm so thankful, and Pastor Nate thanked you. But to, to get it all together, there has to be a leader, and there has to be someone that leads the charge. And the Scripture says that you know, to write the vision and write it plain, write it clear so others could run with it. And Pastor Nate and Alyssa have done that for us. And, and I was thinking yesterday, Pastor Nate loves Legos. <laughs> and he built a great team, uh, all of you working together with him. So from your heart to his, we're going to give him the hero factory so he can continue to build a great team. Nate, come on up. Son. Thanks, Dad. Have fun with that. I will. Invite me over. 
<laughs> and I guess it's common knowledge. If it isn't, it is going to be in a few seconds. My daughter is with child. And uh, she's having some issues with her pregnancy, and we tried to keep her on the down low, you know, and rest a little bit. And uh, she's a type A personality, much like her dad, and it's hard to keep her down. So uh, we just felt like we wanted to get you this cozy little, it feels like a teddy bear, this cozy little velvet throw, and it's super soft, luxurious, machine washable. I won't even make you come up. I'll bring it right to you. How's that? And just we want you to chill, Okay. Amen. Praise God. Well, there are, Deb Shaw uh, has some Christmas cards for all of you, and uh, stop on the way out. They're on the table in the back. Grab one of those if you haven't already. Put that in your refrigerator. Put it somewhere where you remember to pray for Deb. God bless Deb. She's now a full-time missionary associate in Japan, just pouring her life out there and touching so many hearts and lives. And we love her, and Japan loves her, and we get to share her with Japan. And so her gifts go forth as we support her and bless her over there. So take time to do that as well. There's some candy in the lobby um, that's left over from yesterday. Help yourself. Fill your pockets with mints and candy canes and have a blast with that. And uh, on the back table, I see there's still several envelopes, your offering envelopes for annual envelopes. envelopes. If you haven't picked those up yet, please do that. Amen. Luke chapter 1. Turn there with me this morning. I want to continue our series on giving the heart of Christmas. Giving the heart of Christmas. Two weeks ago, we were in John chapter 1. Last week, we were in Luke chapter 1, and we're going to continue in Luke chapter 1 today. A few thoughts. Luke chapter 1, starting in verse 26. That manger scares me. I hope I don't end up in that before the day's over. Keep your cameras rolling. That might be a good uh, YouTuber right there, the preacher falling in the manger. Are you recording this? I can make you some real good money here. Hold on. Luke chapter 1, verse 26. Father, open our eyes. Open our ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. That's us. That's me. Speak to the church today, Lord. Speak to us, we pray. Amen. In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin. Everyone say virgin. It's not a common word these days. I said it's not a common word these days. It almost has a taint of ugliness is the wrong word, but it it doesn't necessarily have a good connotation in our culture. 
It's almost mocked and made fun of. But Mary was a virgin, pledged to be married to a man named Joseph. He was a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings to you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at this, his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid. Mary, you have found favor from God. You will be with child. Notice that phrasing that caught my attention. You will be with child. And gave birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom, say that with me, will never end. (laughs) How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and he will, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. And he goes on to finish the story. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be barren, we talked about this last week, is in her sixth month. For nothing, I love where that verse is tucked, that portion of the verse, for nothing is impossible with God. Are you up in years today and you haven't had a spiritual birth? Nothing is impossible with God. You're praying for a loved one and it seems like they have a hardened heart and it seems like you've been asking God to save someone in your family for a long time and you've almost given up. Remind yourself today from the scripture that nothing is impossible with God. Mary finishes this portion of Scripture by saying, I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you have said. And then the angel left her. Last week, as we looked at the beginning of this chapter, we looked at the Three things that were given, at least three of them. There are a lot that we could have chosen out of that beginning of the chapter. But we talked about the orderly account that was given by Dr. Luke through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. We talked about the open womb that was given to Elizabeth, who was barren and up in years. And the miraculous God that we serve opened her womb in latter years so that she could give birth to John the Baptist, who would come and proclaim, this is the Lamb of God. Follow him. And then we talked about the fact that there's a confirming word that was given to us as well. I want you to understand today that as we look at today's passage, God's doing something that if we're not careful, we can read the scriptures and miss something profound because we have heard these verses for a long time. I've grown up in church. I've been a preacher for 20-some-odd years now, and I can't tell you how many times I've read these verses. 
I was driving down the road the other day and the Holy Spirit just dropped this thought in my heart. I had to pull the car over the side of the road and write it down. It's one of those things that the Holy Spirit was whispering and I did not want to miss this thought. And this is the thought. When God gives something to someone, he doesn't do it just so that you can receive what he's giving. Because in the natural, that's what we think. God's given it to me just so I can have it. But he gives to enhance the destiny that's already on your life. Take that thought and place that into the context of Scripture we just read. When God does something, when God gives something, he gives it not so that we can say, hey, look what I got. God gave this to me. But so that God's destiny on your life will be enhanced. As we read through our text this morning, there are several things there. We read that the, in verse 26, in the sixth month, the scripture tells us, Galatians 4 4, that in the fullness of time, God sent his son. God's concerned about numbers. Did you know that? In fact, God's got a whole number thing going on that's far beyond our understanding. But that number six means, means to be in balance or harmony or cooperation. Notice that God thought in the sixth month to bring balance. He was talking about harmony and he was talking about cooperation. What was he saying? He was saying, Mary, Gabriel, I, this, is, this is the month. I'm about to introduce harmony into a broken world. I'm about to introduce balance into a broken world. I'm about to introduce a cooperation between Father God, the Holy Spirit, and humanity. I'm about to do something different. And then we read that name Gabriel in that same verse. That Gabriel, the archangel, they tell us that there are about nine different kinds of angels and there are three different categories of them. And Gabriel is one of those angels who is, uh, is an, called an archangel. The name Gabriel means the strength of God. Place that in our context that in this context, God's bringing harmony and he's bringing cooperation and he's bringing balance and he's bringing the strength of God to this earth. Many of us in this room today have been saved for a long, long time, but we don't believe that we have the strength of God living in us. If Christ is in you and he said greater things than this shall you do, he really meant that. And he meant that you can do the same things he did. The strength of God rests in you. You can raise the dead. You can heal the blind. You can heal the deaf. You can, you can heal any sickness and disease. You can cast out any demon. Everything that Jesus came to do, you can do. Because you're walking in Christ. Some of us hear that and we say, oh, not me, preacher. That's, that's for somebody else. Well, you keep believing that and you'll never experience the dynamic power, supernatural power of Jesus Christ in your life. But I'm telling you, when he came, he brought the strength of God with him. And he deposits that in you. The next thing we read, a word we read or name is the word Joseph. I love the word Joseph for obvious reasons. Because my name is Joseph. And the name Joseph means God shall add. I don't know how to explain it to you, but ever since I was a, just a little, little boy, I had something, it's like an ember in my spirit 
that I knew somehow God was going to do something really cool in my life. I mean, something big, something... Ah. And I feel the older I get, the closer I'm getting to that ah moment. I don't know what it is, to be honest with you. I just know that there's going to be a day that God decides to let something loose in me that's going to be transformational. I, I understand that there's, there's kind of an apostolic anointing on my life that hasn't been released yet. I'm kind of apostolic in the making, wrapped inside a pastoral calling, and someday when that apostolic gets released, I think that's when it's going to happen. But the scripture says, John, Joseph, that the angel came and spoke to Joseph. Or Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph in our text here. And that God shall add. Generally, God's a multiplier. But in this case, he chose to add something. He chose to add something that wasn't there. He's adding to Joseph's family. He's adding to Joseph's heritage. He's adding to your and my heritage. He's adding something supernatural in a natural context. God was about to bring harmony, balance, and favor, and the strength of God as he added. The word Mary, the name Mary means beautiful woman. Man, if you're going to have the Son of God come, you know, we talked about, Jane mentioned that he didn't come in a palace and all of that. And I'm glad he came in at least a beautiful woman. Wouldn't it be terrible if he came in an ugly one? I don't know. But at least the Son of God came in a beautiful woman. Her name was Mary, and I imagine her spirit was as beautiful as the outside of her. Have you ever met someone like that? When you say you're beautiful on the inside and the outside, I think Mary was one of those kind of people where God chose to house himself. And that word Nazareth, it simply means shoot or sprout. Later in Scripture, it is said, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Uh, because Nazareth was one of those places that wasn't highly thought of, and it was just a small place, hence the name Sprout and Shoot. But David, the King David, as he reigned over there, he is now, God's now saying, I'm going to send to Nazareth what looks like a little sprout, what looks like a little shoot. His name will be called the Most High, the Son of God of the Most High. His name will be called Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. He'll come. It was prophetic that he would come as a little sprout, but he wasn't going to stay that way. Eventually, that little sprout would become the lion of the tribe of Judah. And then the last name I want to point out is Jacob. That Jacob is known as the surplanter or to take by force or trickery or to trip or to pull leg. You ever heard anybody pull your leg? Come on, you're pulling my leg. I want you to notice what's happening here. All that God is saying through those previous names and places that I mentioned, uh, all of that is God investing. But this, the, the Jacob thing is what God is doing. God is about to overthrow. He's about to surplant what man meant for harm in the beginning, the way sin came into the world through the garden, the way it was ruling and reigning. God's about to turn that over. God's ready to pull the leg, if you will. 
of the evil one, about to destroy the works of darkness by force. As I was driving the other day and the Lord gave me that thought, driving down the road a few more minutes later and the Lord dropped this thought in my heart. Write this down if you have a pencil or a pen, magic marker. Use whatever you have. This is a great thought. When God changes the natural order of things, when God changes the natural order of things, he's giving a physical sign of a shift that is going to take place in the spiritual realm. In other words, in his domain, in the kingdom of God as we refer to it, God shows us something physical. It's kind of like a, a waving a hand. It's kind of like, hey, I want to tell you something. God gives us a physical sign so that we can understand that something's about to shift. And in our text, we have something major about to shift in the kingdoms of this world. A baby is coming, and he is the Son of God, and he's going to kick down the gates of hell. He's going to steal the keys of death, hell, and the grave. He's going to overthrow our enemy, the enemy of our soul, and he's going to come out triumphant and conquering, and he's going to lead the captives, ca- uh, captivity captive, and he's going to bring them out of the gates of hell where they were held, and he's going to set many free, and you and I in this room today are part of what happened because of this little baby coming. When God chose to use a virgin, it wasn't just, hey, this will be cool. God didn't want man to get any credit in this. He wanted to demonstrate how awesome he is. He wanted to demonstrate his power and authority. Oftentimes when we come to God, we try to bargain with God. Like, God, if you do this, and then okay, I'll do that. And I want to just say to you today, the Lord put on my heart to tell somebody in this room today that you can't bargain with God. You have nothing in you to bargain with God. God, you have nothing that God needs. Unless you come to God completely broken, unless you come to God undone, unless you come to God humbled, recognizing yourself as a sinner, that in no way you can save yourself from this life and eventually living an eternity in hell. Unless you come to God that way, you have nothing to offer God. We sang that song, that all I have to offer you is, in my heart is vacancy, If you're here today and you don't know Jesus as the Lord and Savior, would you pull the little chain and light up the vacancy sign and say, hey, okay, God, I realize that my heart is empty and I just want to pull the chain and say, the light's on, please come on in. There's room here for you today. All you have to offer him is a vacant heart, an empty heart. Three things given in this text. First, there's an assignment. In verse 26, the assignment was given by Gabriel, the archangel. God gave an assignment to one of his powerful angels, and he came and manifested himself in in this world and spoke to Mary. The assignment was given to Gabriel. The second thing is, there's a, a greeting was given. 
verses 28 to 32, this, this greeting from this angel to Mary. And it's quite an exchange. There's things in verse 28, he says, hey, highly favored one. Ladies in here, if an angel showed up to you and said, hey, highly favored one, how'd that make you feel? Pretty good. You might go in the mirror and say, well, thanks. Let me just put a little more perfume on and purse up. None of that would matter because God's looking at the heart. And when he saw Mary, he saw a highly favored position, a place where he could come and rest and be born in. That word favored means highly fortunate. He's, he's, the angel's saying to him, you're a really fortunate girl. You don't know it just yet, but you're a really fortunate girl. The Catholics do this really right with Mary, you know, sometimes too right. They put her up on this pedestal next to God, you know. But she was just simply a human being that God chose to use, and she's favored that way. Then he says in verse 30, don't be afraid. Yeah, easy for you to say, Gabriel. Imagine, ladies, you in your normal course of the day, maybe you're in the, in the mirror putting your makeup on and all of a sudden in the bathroom a great big angel shows up Say, hey, you're highly favored. Whoa, you know, kind of just catch your attention a little bit and smear the makeup across your face and not looking so highly favored right now, but she was afraid. So he says, don't be afraid. Then he tells her in verse 30 as well that you found favor. Verse 31, you will be with child. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I like the favored part, but I'm with child? Imagine Mary hearing this from something supernatural, something outside the natural, and she's hearing this. Imagine the questioning. Imagine the turmoil that must have been going on inside of this virgin who had never been with a man. And this angel says, you're going to be with child. Goes on to say in verse 32 that he will be great and will be called the Son of the Most God. Who will be? This child that is going to be born in you will be called the Son of the Most High. Now, I don't think you can get any higher than the Most High. Imagine Mary hearing this. Like, it's not going to be the President of the United States. It's going to be higher than that. It's not going to be the greatest of angels. It's going to be higher than that. The one who is above all things, the one who created everything, the one who is God. He's the one keeping all this thing going. That one, your baby's going to be the son of the most high God. Mary must have just been going, whoa, I really had too much Jerusalem pizza last night. (laughs) Pepperoni was pretty strong. But then he goes on to say that he will be given the throne of David. And David in this culture was just so highly looked on and, 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 and blessed and, and revered and lifted up. And the angel says to Mary that this child is going to be given the throne of David. Because David was a righteous ruler. And he was known as a man of God. Before he ever came to the throne, he was known as a man after God's own heart. And Jesus was going to take over that throne not a physical throne. That's what, that's what all the religious leaders thought. Jesus was coming back as a conquering king and he would overthrow the Roman government and all of that. But he came to overthrow a different kingdom. And lastly, the angel says in his greeting, he will reign over the house of Jacob. That one who was a supplanter, that one who did things by trickery. Scripture tells us the enemies, the enemies come to steal, kill, and destroy. But this one's coming to give life, life that you can have to its fullest. 
He's coming to bring that to you. And the last thing I want to look at, the third thing, he's come to bring this thing that he gives us is an obedient reply from Mary. We see that in verse 38. I am the Lord's servant, Mary said. May it be to me as you have said. And then the angel left her. I don't know if you caught it or not. But one of the angels that was here on the platform put the finale on this message this morning. We all thought it was cute, but it hit my spirit like a bolt of lightning. I immediately began to weep. Hear what she said. I did it, Daddy. Can you imagine Mary in the presence of this holy experiment with Gabriel? And Mary says, May it be to me as you have said. Put her now, nine months later, in the manger. And she looks to her heavenly father and she says, I did it, daddy. I did it, daddy. What did she do? She gave way to God. She gave birth to the Son of God. And if an angel were here today, he would say to you, would you open your heart like Mary opened and surrendered her womb to receive God, the Son of God, into her life physically? Would you allow that to happen spiritually today? Would you bow your hearts and heads with me this morning? Father, I'm thankful that in the natural, the things that you changed, were pointing us to a transformation in somebody's destiny. It was Mary's destiny was about to be revealed. She didn't know when she was a little baby that she would house the Son of God in her womb. Joseph, when he asked for her hand in marriage, had no idea that this was the girl that was highly favored. He just thought she was cute. Mary's mom and dad had no clue. But God spoke something over Mary and her destiny was changed. And there's someone here today, maybe there's several of you in the room today, that you're here and you don't know Jesus as a personal Savior. Uh, You've heard the Christmas story and you have a general idea what it's all about, but today you heard that God came to a virgin and was born so that he could bring salvation to human life. If you're here today and you've never recognized that and you've never come to him with a vacant sign on your heart and say, God, I need you to come into my heart. I need you to change my destiny. I need you to take who I am and all of its brokenness and all of its pain and all of its hurt. I need you to transform that into something beautiful. I want you to be able to leave here today and say, I did it, Daddy. 
Ah, would you receive his son today so that you can leave and say those words spoken by a childlike faith and a little angel on a stage today. I did it, Daddy. This is how simple it is. It's just simply you coming and in your heart and speak the words. Speak the words to God. Just say, God, I, I need a Savior. I need Jesus today. I need him to come into my life. I need him to forgive me of my sin. I need him to be part of my life. I need him to control my life. I need him to be the Lord of my life. I want to submit everything I am to him. It's as simple as saying a prayer or something along that line. But it really is just as simple as coming to God with a, just a broken heart, a humbled heart, and just talk to him. Tell him that this old barn of a heart, filled with the stench of sin and brokenness, you want to open the barn door, as it were, in our story today, and you want the child of Christ, the King, to come and rule in your heart. If that's you today and you say, Pastor, I, I want to ask Jesus Christ to come into my heart, would you just slip a hand up today? Because I want to see where you are and I want, to, I want to be able to pray with you. We want to be able to help you and on your journey. Is there anyone like that here today? And you say, Pastor, that's me. I want Jesus Christ to come into my life. Are you here? You just slip a hand up and say, that's me. can just assume that everyone here today then knows the Lord as a Savior and pray that this Christmas it becomes a special event for you and to hear the voice of heaven speaking to you as Mary did that angel Gabriel on that day. May the Lord bless you. The choir is going to sing one more song before we're dismissed today.